Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Let's pray tonight. Father God, we just praise you and glorify you. We thank you, Father, for where you brought it this year, Lord God. Lord God, as we focus on the crossover, Lord God, as we come into our our conference in a couple weeks, Father God, that, Lord God, we prepare our lives, our hearts, to be open to your word, Father God, to everything that you have for us, Lord God, for the preachers and and the prophesiers that are coming into your house, Lord God, Lord God, that you would just move and transform us and shape us and mold us to be what you call us to be. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. But you got to start by saying yes. Amen. Hold on here. I get got to get my extra word over here, too. All right. But tonight I'm going to start off by reading out of John chapter one and starting in verse 19. He says, this is the testimony of John the Baptist when the Jews sent priests and Levites to him from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? And he confessed truthfully and did not deny that he was only a man, but acknowledged, I am not the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed. They asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the promise, the prophet? And he answered, no. Then they, then they said to him, who are you? Tell us so that you may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am a voice of one shouting in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Amen. But here... I'll stop right there for a moment. You hear, they're interrogating him because of what he's doing. You know, have you ever felt like your your walk with the Lord has, uh, some, somebody interrupts you and stops you from what you're doing to find out why are you doing what you do? And, and, and are you ready to give an answer as John did here? He, he already knew what they were going to do. He already knew what, what to expect from them. He already knew that they were going to come down hard on them, on him. But he says, I'm only a man. See, one thing that we have to realize in a walk with the Lord is we have to humble ourselves too before the world because they're always going to question, why are we doing what we do? So as we continue on in verse 24, Now they have been sent from the Pharisees, and they asked, Why then are you baptizing, if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? And John answered them, I baptize only in water. But among you there stands one whom you did not recognize, and whom you know nothing. It is he, the preeminent one, 
who comes after me, the strap whose shoes, let me read that, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie, even as his slave. And these things occurred in Bethany across the Jordan, as the Jordan River crossing where John was baptizing. Verse 29, and the next day he saw Jesus coming to him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is he who, on behalf of whom I said, After me comes a man who is higher ranked than I and has priority over me, for he existed before me, did not recognize him as the Messiah, but I came baptizing in water so that he would be publicly revealed to Israel. John gave further evidence, testifying officially uh, for the record with uh, validity. He revelance saying, I have seen the Spirit descending as a dove out of heaven, and he remained upon him. He did not recognize him as the Messiah, but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me, He upon whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is the one, he who baptized with the Holy Spirit. I myself have actually seen that happen. And my testimony is that this is the Son of God. Amen. Here, John is given an account of, of who he is. He's given an account of the Messiah coming. And here... Here the, the, the Pharisees are questioning him and he's telling them that he's not the, the prophet, he's not the Messiah, he's not the chosen one. I'm just a man. I'm just a man. And here the following day he says, here comes the Jesus, the Messiah, the Lamb of God. He is the one that's going to come and baptize you with the Holy Spirit. You know, and then I'm reading, reading this and, and reading this again just before I, I, I left the house. And I want to jump back, if, if you can. Let's go to John chapter 1, but verse 1. And he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with he was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that had been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. Amen. John, here he, he's a front runner. He's testifying. He's given a witness. He's given an account of who the Messiah is going to be. And he says, I'm only here just to prepare you for his coming. I'm only here to let you know that the Lord is wanting you to be baptized in water to be forgiven of your sins. God is wanting you to come back to Him. 
See, what the purpose of Jesus coming into the world is that we have to understand that he came to save the world that was lost. He came to save his own, the children of Israel first. But they did not even accept him. The religious folk always looked for a way to discredit who he was, discredit John, discredit the acts that he did, and everything that was about him. In Luke, and I know you don't have this on there, but I added it. Luke chapter 1, verse 39. Ah. And here we look at in verse 39, it says, Mary comes to visit Elizabeth. And at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child whom you bear but why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? We look at the fact in here, John, he's telling that he is nothing but a man. He's nothing. He's humbling himself before the world. And here we look at the fact that he, here he's, he's anointed from his, before he, even his birth. He's anointed with the Holy Ghost inside his mother's womb. We, we had to wait until we cried out to God for forgiveness in order to receive the Holy Spirit in our own lives, in our own walk. But here we see a man that his whole life was all about telling the world about Jesus. And what are we doing? We get saved. And our journey, it starts, it begins. And the, what, the funniest thing about that is that I looked at this and I, uh, I looked at my life and, and the first thing I started doing when I got saved is I went out to the streets to tell people about Jesus. Because see, for, for your journey to begin when you said yes, it's more than just saying yes. It's... It's understanding that there's something taking place in your life. Understanding that there's a transformation taking place. Understanding that God is wanting to do more in your life than just forgive you of your sin. Pastor has testified about his alcoholism, his drug addictions, how he got delivered. I've testified about it myself. And the thing is, is that some of us got delivered right away when we first got saved. When we first said yes to Jesus, God did something in our lives immediately. But there's things in our lives that God's wanting to get rid of. There's things that we have been dealing with before we got saved. And just because we give our life over to the Lord doesn't mean that those things are gone. God is still working on us. 
And that's our journey. That's what I'm talking about. That's our journey that God is wanting to get us to realize and understand that there's something more that needs to take place in our walk with him. John says that I am not worthy to untie his shoes. But one thing that, that the Lord wants you to understand is he wants you to be walking with him. Will you walk with him? Will you walk with him? Will you let him show you what you need to have done in your life? Because see, one thing we have to understand is that that God is wanting to do something in our lives, but he's wanting you to be with him. Not just to say yes to Jesus and then go off and do your own thing. See, one thing that we tell new converts is that you need to get locked into a church that preaches and teaches the word of God. Because if you don't do that, and you get deceived by the world out there, and you get locked into a religion again out there, the religion is going to mess you up. You know, um, this morning, Praise Chapel Phoenix, Pastor James, he posted a, a scripture out there. And if you pull it up for me, 2 Kings chapter 17, verse 41. And it's, I added this before I even left the house because it's irrelevant to what God is wanting to do in our lives. And when we want to cross over, well, guess what, church? The religious folks are going to mess you up. Verse 41 says in 2 Kings 17, Even while these people were worshiping the Lord, they were serving their idols. To this day, their children and their grandchildren continue to do as their ancestors did. Man, it's amazing here. We're going to cross over, but you know, you got to watch out. Even the Pharisees, the scribes and the Pharisees were hitting up on John and they were, uh, they were just trying to, to get information out of him. But you know what? You have to watch out. You have to watch out for the world out there. You have to watch out for the religious world that's out there because they're going to try to fill your minds and fill your hearts with deception. The world out there is going to try to confuse you, try to get you uh, twisted up. They're, 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 they're posting stuff day after day after day after day on the Internet. I read so much stuff every day because I search to see what's going on. I want to know what's going on. I want to know what's going on in the world. I want to know what's taking place. And, and it's amazing. It's amazing the, the stuff that they, they feed the people that will read it. But this one article I read today, it says, well, we found this planet that's three times larger than Earth, and it's 120 light years away, and I guarantee you there's water on that planet. Really, you can't even see it. But this is the garbage that the world will throw down mankind. And the thing is that they're gullible out there. 
And the thing is, is that that's why we're crossing over. That's why we're going into this, this land that God has given us. It's because we want to get them to understand the confusion that the world's trying to throw upon them. And if we're not going to be that voice like John was the voice of crying out in the wilderness, shouting out to the people, you need Jesus. And if we're not doing anything about it, then we're, we're, we're allowing them to go to hell because we're not telling them about the truth that will set them free. We can't be letting the world shut us up. The world is trying to shut the church down. The world's trying, not just the church. The, they're trying to shut down the word of God. You can be religious and they're not going to do nothing to you. In fact, if you came out of religion like I did and many of you did, your family says, oh, they brainwashed you. Thank God I got my brainwashed because it was full of all the garbage that they put in it. We need to be washed. And the only way we're going to get washed is through the Word of God. The only way we're going to get changed is when God's Word touches our lives. And first of all, it has to hit our mind. And once we accept it up here, and it's going to get transformed into our heart. But if we're not reading the Word of God, if we're not letting the Word of God touch our lives, if we're not letting the Word of God do anything in our lives except, well, I made it to church. Maybe I might hear what I want to hear. No, God's not going to tell you what you want to hear. He's going to tell you what you need to hear to change your life, to transform you, to renew you, restore you, and get you on the right path to the kingdom of God. But too many times, we're, well, I'm only going to go to church if so-and-so is preaching. Well, guess what? Guess what? Oh, I'm only going to, if pastor come to preach. He's kicked back on Wednesday, so you know he's not going to preach on Wednesday. So that's why maybe they're not here tonight. Maybe. All right? Okay. I'm not, I won't go there. All right? Okay? I'm not even going to touch that area. What I will do is I will pray that God will bring them in, though, because they need to be here. We're getting ready for the crossover. We're getting ready for the conference. And they're still kicking back at home. Like Pastor says, staying home, watching the blue tube. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, they're on their, their, their internets or they're on their TVs. They're watching their reruns, like Pastor says. Yeah. That isn't going to change you. That isn't going to get you where you need to be at. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses, aid. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all the people get ready to cross over the Jordan into the land I'm, I'm about to give them, to the Israelites. And I will give them every place where they set their foot, as I promised 
Moses. And um, we're going to keep hearing that. We're going to keep hearing that. We're going to keep hearing that. But if you're not walking with the Lord, you're not going to be able to take over what God is going to give you. You have to be walking with Him. You have to be talking with Him. You have to be fellowshipping with Him. You have to be getting together. You can't be staying to yourself. You can't be staying home. You cannot be neglecting the assembly of God because oh, I don't feel good. It's a Wednesday night, so I'll stay home. I work today. I've been saved for 40 years, and I don't ever really miss a service unless I'm really sick. And I got up this morning, uh, uh, and, and right away, that devil was uh, trying to attack my mind. Say, stay home, because you don't feel good. Yeah, right, I didn't feel good, but I'm here. Not because of the fact that I had a message, but because the message is not just for you, it's for me too. Because if I can't minister to myself, then I'm fooling myself. Because see, I have to realize God's speaking to me. I'm here because I want God to speak to me. I'm here because I want God to transform me. I'm here because I want to see what God has for me as when I cross over into that land, into what God has for us, to see what God is going to do in this city, in this valley. We have churches coming from all over. They want to be part of this this fellowship, part of the conference, because they know that God is doing something. God is on the move. And if you want to be a part of that move, then you got to show up. If you made a commitment, show up. If you said, I'm going to do something, show up. If you said, I'm going to go out to the streets and show up. When Jesus was walking in this earth, People were following him. But they only followed him because of the fact that they, they knew about the, the blessings. They knew about how he broke the bread and the fish and, and fed the multitudes. And they were there because they, they knew that they weren't going to starve. But they were just followers. They weren't walking with him. God has wanted us to walk with him, not just to follow him. We need to make a commitment to ourselves and to God and to the Lord Jesus Christ and to keep his word. It's amazing what God wants to do, but we can't allow anything to hinder us in our walk with the Lord because, well, it's too hard. It's too difficult. I got other plans. I got other things to do. Don't be just a follower. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24, then Jesus said to the disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it profit? What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world and forfeit their own soul. Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory and his angels, and they will reward each person according to what they have done. Don't just be a follower. 
walk with him. John talked about not being able to unlatch his shoes because he wasn't worthy. But you know something? God didn't tell us to unlatch his shoes. He wants us to walk with him, walk in his shoes, to know him, to know who he is, to know the word of God in our lives, to be transformed, to be renewed, and be restored by the word of God. And if we don't know Jesus Christ, then we're not going to be able to get into the kingdom of God. God has called us back to him. Jesus is our way back to the Father. Jesus is our way back to the, the fellowship that God wants with us. But if we are not wanting to go into the kingdom of God, we won't. We won't make it. In Revelations 3, 20, it says, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Verse 21, to the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sit down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Amen. God is constantly knocking on the hearts of people throughout history. Not, not just when John the Baptist came, but from the beginning of time, beginning of mankind, God has been touching our lives, touching our hearts, so that we can continue to walk with him. Will we walk with the Lord? Will we let him guide us? Will we let him direct us? Will we let him show us when we cross over what he has for us? See, he's wanting us to walk into the land with him, beside him, not by ourselves, not to be a lone ranger, not to think that I got it all together, not to think that, well, I don't, I don't need you. I already got everything that I need. I already got it, everything figured out. I don't, I don't need no help from the Lord. I don't need no help from my pastor. I don't need to fellowship with my brothers and sisters because I got it together. No, that, that's why all those things are in the Bible. All those things are in the Word of God. It talks about having assembling with the, the brothers and sisters. That's why it talks about fellowshipping and breaking bread from house to house. That's why it talks about letting us be instructed and, 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 and corrected and, and, and show us our faults and our areas and our walk in, in the Word. In the Word. In the Word. It's going to help us with all that. All that. But when we... Well, don't want to admit that there's something wrong with us, then we messed up. We messed up. We mess up when we don't want to admit, I got it together. What was it that you recently posted, Pastor? I'm trying to think. Uh, 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 we are only as strong as our weakest And, and if we won't admit that, that that area in our life, we don't got it together, 
we'll never overcome it because we won't admit that we don't know how to overcome it in the first place. We won't admit that God says he's wanting us to just call out, Father, Lord Jesus, help me. You know, Jesus didn't send his Holy Spirit into our lives so we can just, okay, I'll just put you on a shelf somewhere. His Holy Spirit is the one that deals with us. It, it, it helps us. It, it, it gets a hold of us. It, it shows us. He wants us to learn and be taught. He wants us to, when we call out to the Lord, then he's going to say, okay, this, this is what you need. This is what you need to hear. This is what you need to do. You, oh, go talk to so-and-so. Talk to this brother or this sister. Go talk to your pastor. Go fellowship. But we close our ears off and we say, well, I don't need to hear that. But God, that's what God has been trying to do is he's trying to get our attention and get us to hear what he wants us to hear and to see what he wants us to see. But the problem is, is that we shut him off and say, I don't need you, God. Well, if you didn't need him, then why would you get saved? Because you needed to know what life was about. If you struggle like some of us did before we got saved, we didn't know where we were going. And we knew for sure that we weren't making it to heaven because of the lifestyle that we lived. But now that you have that opportunity of knowing where you can spend eternity. And he talked about sitting down on his right-hand side in the throne room of heaven. And that's where we, he wants us to be. But in order to get there, you have to be obedient. Will you listen to what he has to say? Will you open your eyes to see what he has you to see? Will you let somebody minister to you? Will you let somebody talk to you? Will you let somebody share with you? Will you let him walk with you?